Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, again, Rich Polly, and joining me is the reason my therapist cries herself to sleep at night, Liam Baker. Buongiorno, at least she's getting paid. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm like, no, wait, I'm not going to do mum jokes because they're rude. Stop, stop it there. Um, also joining me is Ben Hibbert. I can't think of a funny thing to say about you, Ben, for once. I think his microphone's died, so I'll say hello for him. Hello there. Okay. Uh, uh, some kind of joke. Um, hopefully Ben will be joining us if he resolves his technical difficulties. Um, it's right, I'll stand in. I'm a hobbit and I'll give you a hug. I don't like you, though. And a cheeky bum squeeze. <laughs> hey. Um, also joining us, probably off and on, is Tim. Um, hi, Tim. Let me jump off mute again. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going back on mute, so I did it on purpose. I'm that kind of guy. Um, and also joining us is uh, all the way from, I'm going to say South Wales, Dylan Jones. Good evening. Am I right? Is it South Wales? You are right. It is very south. Yes. Cardiff, basically. Oh, hey, well, Newport. Oh, whoa, even more Wales than Cardiff. Keep well, going. Keep going. <laughs> it's, 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 it's east of Cardiff, but um, definitely oh, still Wales. Are you east of Cardiff, Newport? Miami, yeah. Is it not west? No. Are you not further towards the sea than Cardiff? It depends on what you call the sea. The right, okay. spot of water round Wales. The, the bit well, to the left of Wales. We're we're <laughs> we're not not not. I'm not near the the water to the left of Wales. I'm I'm near the water in between Wales and England. Oh, okay. If we're going to get picky. Always... It's an estuary, but there's uh, the nearest okay. beach is still about forty five minutes away from here. I see. I always get confu- I always get mixed up of the order of the, the the towns and the cities along along the south coast of Wales because I go to Bristol semi regularly because yeah, uh, wife's family live there, um, and it's. Uh, it's it's Newport then Cardiff then Newport Swansea, then Cardiff then Swansea and then Merthyr. about an hour further down is Swansea yeah and then Merthyr's right on the end isn't it no no is it in between Cardiff and Newport no Cardiff no. and Swansea no if you get to Cardiff and you go straight up uh, oh, about forty Merthyr minutes is. that's where Merthyr is yeah it's in the valleys it's in yes with all the singing people and yes the, oh there are singing people all over not just the oh. valleys. I know, I know. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Sounds like you're about to break into song. We're not a musical podcast, and this is not a musical episode. <laughs> that is a shame. <laughs> All right, so Dylan's joining us because he wants to um, shamelessly shill for an event that he's running. So we'll come on to that in a little in a little bit because we're all, all down for the shameless, shameless shilling. Um, we're going to start off, we're going to talk a little bit about the Kyber Team Championship. So myself, uh, Liam, and Tim played our first round last week. We went 3-0. and Personally, I won my game against a podcast listener, Wargaming Dad, whose real name I've completely forgotten, and I'll remember it briefly, um, or possibly when it's too late. I won by luck rather than um, judgment. Um, I turned my ships the wrong way multiple times, and he had one of those situations where he really should have won, but he didn't, um, because two crits failed to do one damage to a ship had no tokens so i was rolling evades out of hand and then just not dying by one health um so yeah it was all a bit all a bit silly taking two crits and having three health would be like no doubles please and 
I won. So I felt a bit bad, but not bad enough. Where Liam, you won a little bit more handily, I think. 20 to 4, wasn't it? 20 to 4. Uh, honestly, the guy I played, absolutely lovely bloke. His name's Reese. But uh, I offered him the joust and he took it. And normally he would win the joust. But Boba, Kanan, and Eamon did what they do. So you uh, just told think... him he wasn't allowed to have fun, and he said, oh, no, I'm not having fun, and then you won the game. I also rolled a lot of paint. Fair like, enough. Like, it was, it was unreal. And, like, Vader was in a position where he's taking a focus fearless shot from Eamon. And he just... Boba survived on one hull. Uh, he probably took more damage than he should have, but Eamon took no damage. So it balances out. Yeah. Like, it, it just came down to Ubble versus Eamon and Boba. And that was only going to go one way. Yeah, Ubble doesn't really stand a chance. <laughs> I mean, again, Ubble's Boba. brilliant, though. I love, I love Ubble. Yeah. All those shots. Dar- Darren McNally, my opponent, was called. Uh, and yours was Reese James. So. Rich James, yeah. Yeah, Darren was a lovely, lovely person to play against. He's in the Tin Squadron, so he's one of the, the Cornwall players who isn't a Burnett. So, um, Impossible. Apparently so. Um, there the are only one, Burnett. No, it's Darren Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> Officially or unofficially, that's the truth now. Um, Tim, how was how was your game? I know it went a little bit squeaky bum time at one point, didn't it? Yeah, my my opponent was uh, yeah um, he, he uh, came in with a game plan, which is very unfair, and he, he'd, <laughs> and he he played against a team before as well, which I thought was doubly unfair. Um, so uh, yeah, he like he, he obviously like, I knew I could win on on objective because we were basically playing salvage. And his uh, list was very uh, similar to, well, similar but different to, to Liam. So it was Boba, Hondo in the Fire Spray, and Kanan. So I've got five ships, he's got three. I can quite happily tow more crates than him. However, on the first turn, or the, the second turn, he um, decided to start towing with Boba, which, um, you know, you might think is not great because obviously that, you know, means he can't obviously boost. Um, but Boba held his crate for the entire game because I'm not shooting him at range one. You know, it's just, you know, the amount of... Because uh, my, my list doesn't always throws... It uh, only throws, like, sort of two or three red dice. And obviously with Kane and knocking that down. And, yeah, with um, with Boba's mods, it's just not worth it. So, yeah, Boba held, held his crate for the entire game. Uh, and actually was the defining point of the game because he actually boosted to shoot and kill Hound at one point. And then we suddenly realised, like a couple of shots later, that he couldn't have boosted and then wouldn't have had arc. So we had to roll it back, uh, and that meant that Hound survived the game on like two hull or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it what it came down to. So yeah, very very close game by Xander. Um, uh, it could have quite easily gone either way at the end. Um, but yeah, I, I was happy to bring in bring in another win, and obviously yeah, going three and zero was good. Yeah, so this week we've been paired into um, another international team, but not anybody from the Great Republic of Cornwall. Uh, we've got an Australian and two Americans uh, this time around, um, and it's uh, it's uh, assault at the satellite array. So be, the the be near them one, the zone control one. Um, we've drawn a bit of a rough match up. I think yeah. it's fair to say. Um, so. 
we've drawn the team that has got two seven ship lists with a Republic, uh, not Re- Republic, sorry, Resistance um, with BB-8 as a two and then six three-pointers um, and then a Separatist swarm containing, I think, three vultures and then an assortment of other things to put it up to seven three, ships. Three, three vultures, three bombardment drones with proximity mines and uh, Grievous, yeah. Well, yeah, so seven ships of I don't really fancy any of that. Um, and then their third option was two big-based scum ships with a couple of um, M3As to buzz around and, and do objectives, um, plus Gamut Key to coordinate. So they've got Latch Razi, and I can't remember what the other big-based scum ship was. Manaru. Uh, Manaru Man- so. with Garsax, and it's a yeah, really efficient build. Can I, but can I just say one sec, actually? Those M3As, like, I don't think I've seen Quin, Quin Jast around much. Uh, no. But for six points, you've got some really good objective holders there. Yeah. Because Quin, Quin Jast's ability is at the start of the engagement phase, you may gain one disarm to recover one charge on one of your equipped upgrades. So you can basically just keep recharging Elusive. Yeah. And just, just either be towing or, or, you know, around objectives. So... Uh, and then obviously Leighton is um, after you defend or perform an attack, if the attack miss, gain the evade token. So you've got two quite frustrating, you know, sort of little three pointers, both with elusive, you know, three agility focus tokens. Um, and then that will probably just allow Gamut, Lats, and Manaru to go around and try and beat stuff up. I mean, the thing with that is that Quinjast could take homing torpedoes, for example, plus elusive, and basically just be there going. Gamut key, give me a coordinate so that I've got a double modded homing torpedo. And if you opt to take the one damage, they just, at the start of the engagement phase, disarm themselves, recover a homing torpedo. If, you know, you fly off or they're just objective holding, they can just constantly recycle that munition and just be ready constantly to threaten you with a, you know, take a crate, pop off a, pop off a crate if somebody's not, uh, if somebody's carrying um, finish off an ace with a four dice double modded attack. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, it's a little bit cheeky, to be honest with you. Um, and as you say, he doesn't see much play. What What's the other one? Is it uh, Leighton, uh No, Leighton Ashiri, oh. uh, which yeah. we're, we're starting to see a little bit more from because I think. Um, not sure if it's. No, no, it's. it's, it's Andreas's favourite ship. So. But, but Leighton's been around since the uh, the conversion kit. Um, but yeah. I think perhaps had a points drop at some point or. Um, but yeah, that ability is very frustrating as well because. Um, yeah, just going to get those free evades if you, if you don't actually uh, land any damage. Yeah, she was worse when she could put Snapshot and Duke on. Um, but you can't put Snapshot and Duke on. In fact, you. You can only just take Duke. Um, but yeah, you used to be able to do all sorts of nonsense with her. Um, but yeah, but, so you got, yeah. yeah, two two big heavy hitters. You got Gamut Key to keep hold of your green tokens and a bit of like Protectorate Gleb coordinating. And then, yeah, two two little M3As that can hold objectives. But, you know, like Leighton's got a HLC. Um, Quinn Jass has got Thread Tracers. So there's, you know, there's a little bit of uh, sort of fire support there if if the games are going well. Yeah, uh, that's nice. Uh, the HLC is a nice addition, um, and the thread tracers as well, because allowing everything to be double modded for the cost of one two dice attack is 
it's good. I like, think they're all initiative three as well. Uh, Leighton is yeah. Layton yeah, because I think that's one one theme I did notice that uh, the entire scum list is all threes. The separatist list is all threes bar Grievous. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I think the resistance list are all pretty much around about. Is it, perhaps a bit more variation there, just because you've got a few, you've got like a couple of ones, haven't you, in there? Yeah, a couple of ones. Uh, Finns are two, and the rest are threes, I think. Um, but yeah. that's the that's the co the cost of the cheap ship, isn't it? Is that it never goes above initiative three. But if that's a feature of your squad, then it's perfectly good. Um, but so that's going to be uh, another very frustrating list to play objectives on because you got. Two fireballs, two A wings, and three pods. Yeah, I mean, pods aren't great for objectives other than BB eight because BB eight can do the system phase reposition um, to kind of just hang out near an objective if they need to. Yeah. Um, Finn always needs to be focusing, but this is zone control, so he doesn't need to spend actions. Um, but He'll be one forwarding past one for a couple of turns while he tries to get shots on things. Uh, and then Rose, kind of the same as Finn, um, is kind of locked into that forward trajectory because they can't afford to K-turn. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm playing against that resistance list, so we've got a resistance mirror match. Um, so I'm going to have to figure out the uh, the best way to approach it over the, the next couple of days while I try and arrange... Um, to uh, bridge a 10 hour time gap oh, with just somebody who lives him in the future. Just joust him and don't be a coward. Yeah, just joust hey. him and hope. <laughs> joust him and hope it'll be fine. <laughs> Should be okay. It just depends on if I can take a ship off before it gets to fire in the first engagement. That's the that's the crucial thing, basically. I've got the initiative on him, so um, I can initiative kill ships, but I need to make sure that I'm doing it and that it's not failing out so we'll make him know he's a coward if he doesn't joust you <laughs> just tell him at the start yeah beat him into a, it it's a, <laughs> it's a fun one for kaz because i don't have a shield on kaz so i end i start off with the damage card which means that all of the i1s his ability is not active against to start off with <laughs> um, and if he takes one damage or it switches off against the twos and the same with the threes, it's there's no Vader, there's no Cynthia, there's no six where it's active for the whole game. No, no, he's <laughs> yeah, it's a bit rough. I can't look at the lists because I don't touch anything in case I nudge that wire and the microphone stops again. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> right. Um so anyway, that's um that's the Kyber team championship. It's going going well for us at the moment. Um, as I said, round one. Um it's going right well for roughly half of the teams who one <laughs> but um yeah get, getting a three and oh was good but um i think this this is going to be um a very difficult round so um so that's that um very right i think it's time to actually talk to dylan about dylan's event about your event i mean you've got two things to talk about because first of all you do a blog right the, i do uh, so you you can plug that to your heart's content and then you're also running the Welsh Open. Is that the right name for it? That is the name we have gone with. Okay. And it's in Cardiff in the it, summer. So tell tell us about the event rather than me just guessing details and seeing if I get it right. That's fair. Although that could be quite fun. entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's there's value in that. Um, so it's, it's the world's first big Shatterpoint event, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. No. No. No, it isn't that. <laughs> Uh, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, so we are holding it on the uh, 24th and 25th of June 
in Firestorm Games in Cardiff. Um, I don't know if you guys have been to Firestorm in Cardiff since they moved venue. It's now in an old car showroom, isn't it? Yeah, it was a motorbike showroom, if we're being picky, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's got a big open space full of gaming tables now, rather than motorbikes. On two stories, yeah. Nice. So it's um, it's a big glass-fronted building. As you walk in the double doors in the middle, they've got the, the store on the left-hand side on the ground floor. Um, and half of the ground floor is, is dedicated for tabletop gaming. And then you go upstairs, and uh, there's another load of tables for gaming they've got a, a cafe up there as well and it all just looks it looks really shiny and lovely and new um especially compared to the old one which was a slightly converted warehouse which got really hot in the summer and really cold in the winter mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah tickets cool. are live um if you go to the firestorm games website which is firestormgames.co.uk uh and go to their ticketing website which is technically separate it's called the battlefields um and there's a couple of drop down lists there you can just search there i think it's uh, star wars x i should probably be slightly more professional on actually <laughs> bring the website up so well, I can, I'm, um, looking, I'm looking at the website so we can include a link as well can't we i i am accosted by pokemon and star wars legion there you go. If, if you go to the uh, events section and then under all categories, you can scroll down and you can pick Star Wars X Wing. I can't and... see the event section. Am I being totally rubbish? Is it at the bottom? Uh, no. So you've got there's a menu bar along the top home, basket, venues, schedule, events. Uh, can you see that? Nope. Uh, Are you on a computer? I am on a computer, yeah. <laughs> Not on a phone. No? It is there, I promise. I'm looking at it right now. Um, ah, I found it. Here That's we fine. go. So under categories, Star Wars X-Wing. Scroll yep. down. It's there. Um, I'll give a little plug. They're, um, the Firestorm One Prats, who are the, um, the guys based in Cardiff, are holding an event on the 18th of March as well. Give them, a, They'll be happy. I've given them a little plug there. Um, but you can see there, yeah, Welsh Open. Uh-huh. Um, was it the wisest choice for me to make it live and start plugging tickets in the one month of the year where everybody's skint? Maybe <laughs> yes. not. Um, but we wanted to give people enough notice to make planning um, possible for people who want to travel. Nudge, nudge. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we chatted about this um, on Discord uh, a little while ago, and I, basically put the tickets live as soon as possible because you can always um, surge marketing at different places, so you can always promote it in different places and with different people and in different groups, and you know, yeah. wait until post payday on a, a month where people are feeling a little bit richer after the Christmas. Absolutely. And January, I'm skint. I spent all my money over Christmas, and then you know, promote it out again um post worlds when everybody's buzzing off the back of you know big events and stuff yeah. you know here we're going to run another one promote it so yeah it's better to have them up and available rather than you know trying to hold off for the perfect kind of there isn't a perfect thing you've just got to launch off and do these things sometimes you're not going to find a nexus of you know the perfect time to do it so um yeah cool so how much are tickets tickets are 25 pounds for the two days 
What does that um, include? That includes uh, being there for two days. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, there'll be tons of participation prizes that we're looking to do. Main um, event, prize support. Yep. And Side there's a on the Sunday for casual gaming for people that don't make cup but want to hang out and play that kind of stuff. Exactly that. Um, you also get free access on the Friday night. Um, although you have to book, you have to go in and book the ticket, but it's still free. Um, and the the link for that is on the ticket page. Um, for anybody who wants to get down early on the Friday and see who's there and have a nose at everybody's lists. <laughs> play play a few warm up games. Check out the competition. Get really depressed when you lose them. All that kind of thing. It's all these people who go to um, and play on TTS, and they go to real life events. And for the first three games, they're like, "I can't remember where a three bank goes on a rail table. What am I going to do?" <laughs> um, yes. So that is the struggle is real. Oh, fantastic! So um, FirestormGames.co.uk, all one yep. word. Yep. No hyphens, no nothing, no hyphen. anything like that. Okay. Um, and yeah, find the events and then yep. we'll include a link. If you can furnish Tim with a link, he'll stick it in the show right. notes. I absolutely well. will do that. Fab. Um, yeah, we just, we, um, we started doing events in Newport just mm-hmm. um, about a year ago. Um, Mark Hall, uh, one of the other XR guys, and I took on doing events for the year and, um, yeah, we were just encouraged by the number of people that we were getting, considering, I mean, we're only a small store in Newport. Liam's been. It's weird. You, you, you're in Tesco, and you're, you're playing outside of the store. Yeah, but um, getting food in between games is so easy. Oh, yeah, there's tons of food options. Um, and just, yeah, we just thought, I, um, I really miss the system opens. I really do. Um, and I'm just pretty desperate for something of that size to come back. Um, but in the meantime, you know, the way I think I feel like the way that we encourage that is by doing, by offering as much as we can. Um, there's actually so much in-person play going on in terms of tournaments uh, in this region at the moment. Um, it's actually quite difficult to <laughs> to get to them all for me. Um, yeah. I think there was one. Well, there was one this past weekend in uh, that Richard Greenaway ran. Yeah, um, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Whether that was Western Supermare, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's an event in Cardiff coming up next month. Um, Steve Bolton's running an event in Gloucester the end of this month. Yeah. Um, he did ask me to uh, ask you guys to stop picking on him as well. By the way, <laughs> um, he oh. said just just because it's true, it doesn't mean you can bully him for it. <laughs> uh, Dylan, you're talking to the people that would bully him if it was untrue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, th- I think you make a really good point, Dylan, because, um, like, th- there's been such a an absence of, of real-life big events because AMG are yet to tell us what they're going to do. Like, they've mentioned the fact that they're going to do store-level stuff. They've mentioned the fact that there's going to be an OP track that's going to lead to a Worlds again next year. Um, you know, they've they've talked about it, but the, we've never yeah, seen we, anything. You know, and, and that's the thing. Yeah, we could we could sit and wait for it, um, or we can just set something up and then in the future see how it it fits in with it. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, if it I, doesn't, then you know we go with what AMG are doing because um, running 
OP events with with proper official swag. We'll have more draw than probably what we can manage. Absolutely. But um, yeah, in the meantime, something's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, if if AMG came to me tomorrow and said, "Would you like the Sith Taker Open to be an official regional level event or a world's qualifier, or whatever?" I'd say yes, please, and I would take the loot off them. I'd say thank you very much. I would recalibrate who was getting what prizes from the stuff we'd already paid for. Um, and then I would, you know, re-promote the event and tell Element that we were probably going to need a full haul rather than three quarters of a haul because I absolutely sell the rest of the tickets if we suddenly mm. got an, a, a, as an AMG event, right? Um, as it is, you know, we're cresting north of 80 tickets sold now, probably closer towards 90 now, and we keep having to phone up Koga 2 and ask them to increase the participation <laughs> prices that they're printing off for us at the moment, which isn't a bad problem to have. Um, but, you know, I'm just like, we we thought we'd be lucky to break 60. Then we thought, you know, oh, we were really happy we broke 70. And then now we're like, oh, oh, goodness, what's happening? Um, turns out people are wanting to come because it's the month before Worlds and it's the last the last biggie before yeah. everybody flies to chicago so um people that can afford to come are coming to get their practice in so um but i mean yeah it's just to get back to the point like in in absence of any official announcements from amg we can just evidence to them that there is still a community desire for big tournaments by putting on Definitely. big tournaments or if not even big tournaments like small medium and as big as we can get size tournaments and say look completely unofficial with prizes that you can buy off the internet yourself for probably cheaper than the entrance price. Yeah. Um, people, people are willing to come just to play eight or nine rounds of X-Wing with their mates and with strangers and with the community. Um, imagine how many people would want to turn up and play at these events if you started promoting them internally, professionally, and, yep. you know, producing the, the quality of price support that was was previously in existence so and with uh, plenty of notice please yeah notice would be good <laughs> notice would be super good um the, the that that vague worrying moment we, we emailed amg and said look we're thinking of running our event on this day in february um is that going to cause a problem and they said it shouldn't do but if it does there's not a lot we can do about it, basically. <laughs> and we're like, right, okay. So we booked it anyway, and then they announced Worlds, and it was, oh, thank, thankfully, it's a month after. Not after the pre-COVID one, where they announced a system open the weekend after hours, and it was like, right, okay. Well, I guess we are all going to lose some attendees, but we'll mm. probably lose more than they will, because that was FFG at that point in time. It was just, you know, oh, we've got a vacancy for a system open, and we find a venue, let's just run it then it was like eight weeks notice or something before the event and we were like wow okay um so anyway anyway it's cool uh so yeah welsh open uh remind me of the dates again august the something th- 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 no 24th and 25th of june <laughs> june june I'm getting confused yeah. with something else we, we went we went for dates uh outside of summer holidays so that it doesn't clash with any family type holidays we went for later in the year so it's not because uh, the venue's right next to the Cardiff City Football Stadium. So we didn't want to clash with any match days. I've checked there's no gigs going on in the area. I Yeah. We put a bit of work into finding a date that kind of uh, hopefully works. So hotels to... are going to be reasonable, even though it's Cardiff City Centre. Yes. I have... Um, there's a Facebook event for it, and I'm going to be posting some, some hotel details in there. Or actually on the, the site where you buy the tickets from, 
if you there's a like an about us page and they talk about uh, hotel venues there as well. Okay, cool. I think um, I think I saw earlier they're hosting like the Blood Bowl, some kind of Blood Bowl Championship this week or this coming weekend or something like that. So they they do they do cater for large events and they've got um, links to things for uh, if in, bigger if scale in doubt, international stuff. And if in doubt, go back to Dylan's and crash on the sofa. Sweet. <laughs> Me Sounds and Tim are uh, down, I think. <laughs> don't don't offer because I'll tell you for why I'll tell you for why Dylan because for the Sith Taker Open a couple of very international people were going mm, I might be able to come oh, I might be able to make it work and I said genuinely if I can make it easier for you to to make the decision I can host you I've got a spare room not a problem and I made this offer to a handful of people thinking that that I know reasonably well, thinking you know maybe one person will accept it. Well, at one point I was close to maybe having four people crammed into all <laughs> corners of my house, um, and my wife going, "Where are you putting them?" And I was like, "Don't worry, I've got it sorted out." And she was like, "Is one of them in the garage?" And I was like, "No, nobody's having to sleep in the garage. It's fine." <laughs> but the floor is a very real possibility. She was like, "You can't have a stranger sleeping in the room with the kids." I was like, there, "There'd be nobody sleeping in the room with the kids. Don't worry, it'll be fine." <laughs> is this where you told her, "Don't worry, we're all sleeping in the garage. The guests of the house." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, unfortunately, like genuinely, unfortunately, a couple of them weren't able to come in the end. So it was, um, it's, it's become a bit more manageable. But yeah, it was. Um, if if you offered to too many people, then. Um, suddenly you end up basically like an episode of Gavin and Stacey with people sleeping basically everywhere in every room of the house and in every spare flat surface. Somebody asleep on the kitchen counter with their head on the microwave for a pillow, that kind of thing. Have you let anyone know they've got to share a bed yet? (laughs) It's it's going to be an an option that I tell them and say, there's a double in there. Um, If you don't mind sharing the double, you can both sleep in it. If you do mind, there's a mattress on the floor in a different room. They have to share a bed, but what they don't realise, the person they're sharing it with is you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, apparently the rules are that if two straight people share a bed, if their feet touch, they have to have sex even though they don't want to, but that's the rules. Um, I'll leave a a condom on the pillow then. Such an adult adult conversation. I think I'm going to guide us away from this one before it gets worse. You, really you went down that route as well. It wasn't and, even me or Liam. I know, and you I feel bad. Us into it and you were like, oh, feel bad. No. oh no. no. So go on, Dylan. What are you trying to say? Be an adult, I'm, please. I'm still trying to recover from that rabbit hole there a minute. <laughs> um, are you looking to share a room with one of us now? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, what I was going to say is I'm moving house, so I don't know what kind of a state I'm going to be in. <laughs> Oh, best well, of times to run an event when you're... I yeah. you're talking about after being in bed with me. Wow. Mr. Hibbert. Mr. Hibbert. You made me do these things. <laughs> Nobody makes you do them. You do them anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, so Welsh Open, 24th to 25th of June, Firestorm Games Cardiff. Tickets are £25, and you can get them from firestormgames.co.uk. So there you go. Three... Absolutely. Three times, if anybody wants to go and no longer knows the information, it's their own fault. Just have to rewind the podcast for a bit and come back. Um, I'm sure so, Tim will put it in the show notes too. Yes. I'll um, be uh, spamming it all over Facebook regularly. <laughs> so the next thing that we're going to get to talk about is um, the game uh, day that Richard Greenaway ran in 
I'm going to say the South, somewhere near Bristol. <laughs> um, Western Supermare. <laughs> yeah. Was it Western? Bristol? I'm 80% sure it was Western. Okay. It was so Western I... because Steve Walton runs out of Gloucester, which is Atlas tabletop games. Yeah, but Tim run uh, Tim, Richard and the rest of the Greenaway family um run events um basically all over the southwest kind of Bristol. Weston's just up the coast from Bristol, um and in other places as well, just depending on what the Silesium games I think it's linked to anyway. Um so anyway, they ran an event. Uh they had uh sixteen uh players. It was run using one of Louis Leong's new um prize support kits, which contained some fantastic um, objective claim tokens um, done with the, I think it's the Sabine Wren styled kind of Firebird logo um, and uh, an Imperial one so that you've got two different types. and Very shiny. Shiny metal dial covers and all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, so um, congratulations to long-time listener, sometime attendee uh, guest on the podcast, Matt Coggins, who won with a resistance list. He went for oh, let's Okay. Yeah, no. he doesn't deserve it. Okay, uh, Matt. Sorry, uh, nobody cares. Well, sorry, <laughs> specifically Liam doesn't care um, that you won with resistance. I do. I just want no, to point out it, it was with Ray. <laughs> it doesn't count. She's too good. Correct. No, no. If you what? What's the idiom? Is it a thousand monkeys will eventually write Shakespeare? He was like, Ray is good. Wow. I was like, no, it's just wow. if you, if you okay. throw enough substance at a wall, it'll stick. Okay. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> Matt, Matt ran um, Ray with Commander Poe, Lulu, and uh, BB-8. Uh, so he had, what's that, 14 points of Ray and Poe, Proton Torpedo Poe, obviously. Um, and then he had... Uh, Correct Lulu build, which is shield upgrade predator and a uh, heroic, and then yeah, BB8. I think you had Chewbacca on BB8, a bunch of different things you can put on there, but it's a two point ship, so uh, well done to him. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I'd ask you guys what you think of that list, but you'll all just be rude about resistance being the worst faction or something. So, Dylan, I'll ask yeah, we you because you'll be polite. D- Dylan, Dylan, what do you think of Matt's list? I think it's very interesting. Is that neutral enough? <laughs> I mean, it's a four, um, ship, it's a four it's a ship build. So. It is a four ship build. I I do it considering that in um, in two point oh points, like Ray and Poe was was genuinely a if if you have the skills a runnable list, and now you can have both of those ships and two more ships. It just it's still. 2.5 building still bends my brain a little bit sometimes. Um, but it does look good. Which Poe is that? Commander. It's Wish Poe. Okay. Wish Poe. <laughs> Poe from Sheen. <laughs> <Yeah>, that's good. <clears throat> um, I mean, he's, he's good because he can pass actions elsewhere rather mm. than just having two himself. And he's always got two actions himself when he needs to double mod his torpedoes, or he usually does. Um, so... It is. It's still a pretty strong um, pole for six points, but he doesn't have the overdrive thrusters. You can never catch me nonsense that trigger happy flyboy dolls. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he's um, 
he's much more tradable. And taking him allows you to put Lulu, who's super strong. I was going to say it's, it's, it's clearly worth clearly worth a downgrade to be able to get um, Lulu and BB8 in there. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, so well done, Matt. We did have um, Tim. You pointed out specifically a couple of lists from the event. Was there any thing that you wanted to flag up about them? Um, being, so... other, than, other than one of them had Dr. Afra, which is new and interesting. No, I think that was just um, they were the list that uh, Richard sent me. I mean, um, I'm just trying to see. I don't think there's anything that... I mean, we're starting to see Lieutenant Gaelic, uh, the Thai FO, starting to appear a little bit. What's he do? I think that is the one that is it when a ship gets destroyed you can coordinate. Or if I just Liam? made of ability, that's it. Yes. Liam. First yes. order expert Liam Baker. Uh, while, uh, while another friendly ship at range zero two is destroyed, you may perform a coordinate action even when stressed. While you coordinate, the ship you choose can perform an action only if that action is also on your action bar. Okay. It is correct. So three three point TIE Fighter, Initiative Five. Um yeah, one talent, two tech slots, can slot, mod slot. So. Seems good. Focus evade target lock bar are all available as coordinate options as long as yeah. both ships have got the action bar. Um so that's something we're starting to see creep in a little bit. Um Yeah, so basically um they were using long shanks, but not all the lists have been uploaded. So I just yep. said to Richard, I said, I'll oh, just send me the top list and any of the three ones that you can get, um, just so we can sort of see what sort of floats to the top. So, um, oh, okay. so yeah, the other, so the scum list was uh, Fire Spray, uh, Afra in the YV666, and Solo, and a Nashta Pop. Mm. That one point that you can never get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, talking about um, Gallic was used by Mark Packer-Hughes, um, that First Order 6, with Malorus, Nightfall, a bunch of Whispers, and FOs, uh, like a 6.3 attack dice salad, which is, is pretty strong. We've we've seen these cheap three-diced um, tie FOs coming out with things like, um, I mean, Mark's put shield upgrades on them rather than, um, like, punchy upgrades, but... You know, you've got Scorch and DT seven nine eight with shield upgrade, so five health behind three greens, and always having a focus token is is pretty rude and pretty rough to get through. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's very interesting. It's interesting to see Doctor Afra and Han Solo um, coming in, um, but I recognise Ryan's name from version one, and I know he's a, an experienced player from from down that way. So, um, it's good to see he's still kicking about and still doing well. So. Uh, if it's the same Ryan, which it might be, he's a former fellow Venny fan. So uh, he's the guy that does all the insane modifications to ships, isn't he? Eccentric. I, he's I the guy that. Yeah, he did all the. Uh, I can't remember the name, but the the flying space whales floating around a ship, and he's got a falcon with a tie fighter crashing into it. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's that. done a lot of really cool stuff. He's also done a few dioramas of like an imperial landing pad. Yes. 
Oh, is that the thing that you keep trying to get somebody to make you one of? Cool. Well, there you go. Right. Um, okay. Uh, so that's uh, that event. Um, something else, um, actually, that we've got, and I don't know if tonight's the right time to talk about it, but um, everybody's favourite. Anyway. Everybody's <laughs> favourite forever. Well, we've already talked about the Kyber Team Championship at the start <laughs> of the podcast, and then I've just remembered that Oliver Pocknell and some other um, people who like spreadsheets and have too much time on their hands have done a big analysis of the ships and the lists and the different factions. Um, so I'm going to spit out some hot fact stats here for you. Um, and you can tell me what you think. So the most common ship count at 40% of lists is five ships, mm. then four ships at 33%, and then it tails off pretty quickly down to three ships, then six ships, and there's three seven-ship lists, and sorry, that's 3%, eight seven-ship lists. I do apologize, 3%. So there's eight seven-ship lists, of which we've got two um, in this next round, as discussed earlier. <laughs> um the most common instance of a ship. Okay, let's go around and let's play guess what's in teacher's head. The most common instance of a ship, Dylan, is? Can I be completely honest? I clicked the link and opened the spreadsheet, so I know. Oh, rude. Okay. I'll go last. Pretend you didn't. Just pretend you didn't. <laughs> guess, the one, guess the one that's like third or fourth, so that it looks like... The most common one. one. Yeah, the most Vader. commonly taken. Vader, yes. Which, which Vader? I think it's going to be the new Battle of Yavin one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Battle of Yavin Vader. Um, Vader. Followed by... So, Which I'm surprised at, really. <laughs> okay, so 13% of lists have got Battle of Yavin Vader in. <laughs> um, so it's a bit ridiculous. There are 35 you know, individual instances of that. So, Do you know if it's that list that did well somewhere? Well... The, or do you just know that he's the most performing sh uh, chosen ship? Well, there are 35 versions of Vader and there are, of that Battle of Yavin Vader. There are 24 Battle of Yavin Molar Mythals and 20 Backstabbers. Hmm. So obviously that list or that archetype of those three ships plus some other stuff is kicking about. You've also got Aiden Versio um, around you've got vizier in the reaper who can carry palp around as well um <laughs> so yeah there's all of the good stuff that's floating about in uh in, in in empire at the moment it's kind of floating up to the top of that there's a lot of first order stuff at the top um Kyla. so malarus is actually the second most common ship. oh yeah because mm. it's um, such a bargain I can't um, believe how cheap she is. But then, I guess if she goes up a point, no one will ever take it again. Yeah. Right. And then the third most common ship is actually a Separatist Alliance ship. And Grievous. you can all guess yeah, straight off. <laughs> straight off. Best ship in the faction. Probably the most thematic ship in the game. Brilliant, brilliant piece. Um, 26 instances of, of Grievous, which is the same as Malorus, to be honest. Surely there's, so. that means there must be 26 Separatist lists. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, I think there'll be 27. It says number of players 38. Yeah. Oh. 
Well, can I take it back a few, to the next most popular no. ship? Few, few of them separatist players have chosen the wrong. <laughs> well, we, can, we can go through faction by faction. So the most commonly taken rebel ship. Now, this is this is an interesting one. Nobody cheating. Click on the tab. Which wedge? Uh, original wedge. Nope. There's only, six, boy, four, boy there's only four of him. Really? Yeah, there's four of him. There's less boy wedges. Oh, right. Wow. Uh, the most common uh, rebel ship is yeah, Tycho. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. People just want to use Tycho, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's been pointed out that you can, oh, you can, abu- composure. You can, you can abuse him with composure. Yeah, because yeah. you can target lock boost and get a focus even though you're stressed because of his ability. Surely that's so, very situational, though. Yeah, but, you know, it's new stuff, isn't it? It's new stuff, good. Uh, uh, what surprised me the most, actually, is that the second most commonly taken one was Kiovenzi, who's the new A-Wing with the Force, who can sideslip. Yeah, but that... yeah, but again, new and fun. Um, A-Wing's are back then, I guess. Yeah, um, but a bit that's, of a surprise. I think sideslipping's very good. Like, if you've never used it, because like I used to use um, the rhombus quite a lot, and that side slip is crazy with sort of places you can get to. Yeah, especially if you can side slip, focus, and boost. Yeah, it's a little bit obvious when he's going to do it, right? Um, but I guess you still can make... what initiative is he? He's three. Three. Because <clears throat> you don't have to do it, do you? No, no, you can opt. But uh, three, I guess, you can't, it's not really. But also, does it matter that it's obvious if he's not the, if there's a bigger threat in the list who your opponent is gunning for, then gives him a little bit of free reign, I guess. He's not an expensive ship. It's kind of like the Defender 4K, isn't it? Everybody knew it was coming, but there's just nothing you can do about it, and it's still a great move. Yeah, sometimes the obvious move is still the best move, even though you know that they know that you're going to do it. Yeah, You still do it anyway. And you watch them getting bent out of shape, trying to prevent you from doing it or do something about it. And rather than them just one forward and focusing, they try and do something fancy and they mess it up. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we've already been through um, Imperial. Um, mm. Well, I say through Imperial, but we've already talked about the top kind of five Imperial ships. Um, Opal is there. He's in, what, about... 10th or 11th place with 18% of lists have him in, 10 count of 10 so it's good to see um, Scum and Villainy let's go, there's no surprises here about Kanan oh, yep. yeah, I was about to say Kanan I was going to say Boba Fett well he's no, second, because, he's yeah. second. I know you don't take Boba without Kanan but there's lists without Boba that have Kanan yep <clears throat> So the, if the they third lose Kane and they've got nothing left, have they? Some of the lists, like I mean, the one that Liam's flying has got two fire sprays plus Kanan. So even yeah. if Kanan goes down, you've still got to deal with. Two no, no. Fire what sprays. I mean is, if they if they oh, nerf the Kanan somehow, the faction really doesn't have a lot right now. Yeah. So I mean, no, ship ship two was Boba Fett. Ship three is Gamut Key, who's still good, and then Rook Cast, who's still good in the gauntlet. I like um, Rook. New ship coming in at five, Dirge. Dirge. Um, so Scum Dirge. Is he the one that comes back to life? No, uh, Scum no. Dirge doesn't come back to life. That's Separatist Dirge. Scum Sc- Dirge. Scum Dirge. Yes, he's Scum the Dirge reinforced one. He's the reinforced no, one. Yeah. No. Yeah, not, he's the one that... Well, not, not quite. So it, it basically, it's, it's to do with your number of shields 
and you can cancel a hit to turn another hit to a crit. Yeah. That's what I meant when I said he's the one that kind of reinforces, because he kind of reinforces. He doesn't really, but he kind of does. In my head, that's <laughs> He kind of does, but doesn't really at all, not even a little bit. In my head, that's what it is. Enriched cannon. I just mean, pulled it up on Yasby, and I'm just looking at words, and none of them are making any sense. <laughs> so what's, what's interesting about Scum, I was just going to say, what's interesting about Scum is that you've got you've got 25 instances of Kane and Jarrus, you've got 21 instances of Bobber, and then the third most popular ships at eight uh, instances are Gamut, Rook, Dirge, and Doctor Afra. So there's three times more Kane and Jarrus's than any other ship other than Boba Fett. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's the keystone for the faction at the minute, isn't it? Oh, uh, how many Emons are in there? Uh, Emons? Five. I will say mm. you will need to take these with a pinch of salt, though, because uh, I've spotted one error with... So in the Separatists, it thinks there are no seven ship lists, and we absolutely know there is. Yeah, we know there's one. So, so the, the, the numbers might be ever so slightly off, but they should be about right. Roughly, roughly, right. Yeah. Um, resistance, excitement. There's no surprise what the most popular pilot is in resistance. Anybody want Poe? to guess? It's not me. It's not Poe. He's quite far down. Ray. No, no. She's very far down. What else it's, is there? It's Lulo. Resistance. Lulo, four point A wing with all of the points he needs to do all of the upgrades that make him good. So heroic predator shield upgrade Lulo twenty two pilot instances of that one he's in just over half of the of the resistance list followed by bb8 because he's two points and then finn because he's broken um <laughs> and then you get uh kaz and then poe in the falcon is the fifth most common ship 17 lists have got him in so a lot of the resistance lists there's kind of 22 for Lulo, 20 for BB-8, 19 for Finn, 17 for Kaz, 17 for Poe. So there's a four and five ship, a four, five and six ship kind of combo, not six really. There's like four and five ship combos that include Poe plus some of the ships that we've already named. Um, So, you know, there's probably 17 of these lists are Poe, Kaz, Finn, BB-8 and Lulo um, because that's what I'm flying. Um, well, I don't have Finn. I've got something else. But um, yeah, I've got Kova. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of, you pull, you're pulling from a small pool of very strong things, um, but a bigger pool than Scum because it's clearly only got one ship um, that people want to fly. So um, first order, we've already talked about Malarus. Second most popular one. Scorch. Yeah. That's pure efficiency there, isn't it, really, Liam? Yep. I mean, There's no way you can get around it. Six points of every FO list will be Scorch and Malarus. Yep. And then DT798 if you've got three points left over, because that's the one that takes a strain to roll an extra dice, right? Yes, but I don't think he's as good. Yeah. But he's a three point. Three dice gun. Three dice gun. So why not? You know, um, Kylo comes in at four, by the way, in the Whisper. Um, and then, yeah, Galek is down at number six. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Agent Tierney, um, who we all decided was unfun and going to destroy the game. There's only five instances of him. He's, He's still unfun. He's still unfun, but nobody's using him. Um, 
I didn't it's say he bit, was good. I just said he was unfun. It's a bit weird because kind of the meta flexed away from friendship lists. Like we talked a little bit about it last week, but like load of people knee jerked away from the lap um, for reasons of the prices went up. It kind of got double tapped in terms of crew cost plus loadout values. And then Tierney came out as well. And everybody went, wait a minute, that just switches off things like resistance Lando who ha- isn't, hasn't appeared at all. The lats that are very, very uncommon. Um, and a lot of it was driven by, well, they've been nerfed plus Tierney just switches it off. So why would I bother? I think Lando was, also suffers from the, it's eight points. Why would you not just take Ray conversation? Mm. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Tierney's only appeared five times in, in this, you know, there's 38 first order players um, so 13% of people, which is still a reasonable number um, you know, more instances than you have of Scorch in the Bomber, Dread, Breach Malorus in the, in the Z-Shuttle a lot of the other um, kind of less commonly seen things, Von Reg has only got two instances what happened to you, what happened to the main he's, he's never been Majorly popular, though, has he? No, there's still people out there that think Von Rigg's rubbish, but it's because they don't have yeah. to fly him. Yeah. He's, he's rude <laughs> sometimes. All right, we're going to look at Republic, and this is actually a bit of a surprise to me. Um, Lat. No, not that much of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, most common pilot. Seven B Anakin. Yeah, Seven B Anakin. Good yeah. choice. Um, so he's the. One with three hull, three shields, ten loadout, stick it on R2-D2 for regen, or stick it on turnaround droids and shattering shot and things to punch even harder. Um, yeah, coming in with uh, the kickback, contrail, click, axis of awesome, uh, which can basically keep him alive because he's got six health plus rerolls plus token sharing. means he's not likely to take enough damage to die, and he's very consistent. Um it does surprise me that second and third place in most common instances. So there's 20 Anakins coming in at 19 and 18 aren't the clones that keep him alive. Um, it's Wolf and Jag from the Siege of Coruscant in the arcs. Eight, the points, point arcs. Of, eight points of double modded three dice guns with rear butt shots as well. Um, Wolf and Jag remind me of you know, when you go into a bargain bin and you find something that's been put in there by mistake, but the, the shop honour it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I mean, this, this, this. I, I, I kind of ranted a little bit about this last week, and these are way undercosted, like Wolf especially. Jag, I can see as an I three, he's susceptible to being initiative killed, but Wolf at I four. With an independent double modded gun. Um, at five, he was decent. At four, he's very, very good. Um, and if flown well in a big list, um, you know, in like a six ship clone list, um, he will absolutely rinse things, absolutely thump them. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that there's more of him and Jag than there are of Contrail, Kickback and Click, to be honest. That that genuinely surprises well, me. So don't, um, don't forget, though, when, when you do look at the other named clones that they actually get split into. So actually there are 21 instances of Contrail. Because yeah. you have, obviously, 13 normal Contrails and 8 Siege of Coruscant Contrails. So they yeah, are, they are, that will lower their numbers. Yeah, and nobody's taken the 25-point wolf 
um, uh, the twenty five, the five point wolf, yeah. um, or the the five point jag. They've all taken the four point one. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi, second most popular Jedi in the Ether Spout with CLT um, fourteen, and the f- most used lat. Let's have a guess on the most used lat because this is cool. Orc. He's second. Hound. No, it's the new one, Sicko, <laughs> who does sickening shot, which I don't know what it is. The side slipping lat. You see the side slipping one? Yeah, sickening yes. maneuver. Ah, uh, sickening maneuver, not sickening shot. Sickening maneuver to yourself. That's it. Um, and that does a thing. Which is after you reveal a bank or a turn, you must gain a strain and execute it as a side slip if you have sickening maneuver. But if you reveal a straight, you can do it as a K turn. Oh, oh, <laughs> excitement. Might have to fly him at some point just to do K turn in lats. That'll be great fun. What's wrong with the side slips? More fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, side slips. You can do some thing. crazy things with him, can't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if if you have sickening maneuver assigned to you, which you get after you execute a basic maneuver, um, then you oh you must. So if you do a straight, you must. So you must, right? So if you do a basic maneuver, you then every other turn you have to either K turn or side slip. It's a must. Oh no, may assign the sickening maneuver maneuver condition to yourself. Sorry, Ugh. You must assign. You must execute it if you've. Oh, I, I briefly had a moment there. Um, so it's a may assign the condition to yourself. Once you've got the condition, you must execute um, a weird move. Right. My That's goodness. the kind of thing where I can foresee the first couple of times you play that, it's just absolute carnage, and you have no idea what's happening. Yeah, I could do whatever I want. Oh no, I've just died. Right. Okay. Try again next time. Um, that's what tends to happen to me anyway um, it's cool that he's there though it's cool that he's there um, I think you might be the only instance of Hound Tim you are I am yeah so yeah. Um, yeah it is interesting to have a look so I think there's 16 lats out of the 37 uh, Republic players so yeah you know the, the, the lat has definitely taken a bit of a hit yeah and one hero <laughs> is flying Gavin Sykes in the Naboo N1 Starfighter who's the guy who gets rerolls <laughs> if he goes faster than you Absolute hero. Uh, there's only one instance of Anakin in the Etta, which is a surprise because Etta's are very good. But I suppose why would you spend those points on Anakin in an Etta when you can have the same points to have more hull, more shields? And He's expensive, and there is also now a Procedure Coruscant version. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. One Anakin in a Y Wing as well. Right. And anyway. There's one normal kickback. And 11 people have actually taken the better kickback. <laughs> Normal kickback because somebody clicked the wrong button in Yasby, I bet you. <laughs> can, can be no other reason than that. Um, all right. Um, dear Scott, please may I change my list? I have clicked the wrong button in Yasby. I've got the one that's lower initiative with a worse loadout and worse upgrades. <laughs> Thanks. Um, all right, last faction. Uh, we've already touched on Grievous. Uh, second most popular ship. Anyone? Django. Oh, he's third. He's third. Not a bad guess. It's Dirge. Dirge. Hmm. Cracking. Uh, 22 instances of Dirge, 26 instances of General Grievous, 20 instances of Django. The Iron Assembler at 13. 
a ship that can repair three hull over three turns if it's sitting on a rock, which it is because it's sitting on a rock holding an objective because that's what it's there for. It's a two-point ship, actually, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So he's one of he's like BB-8 in Resistance. He's a, a shoe into everything. Um, yeah, there weren't. I mean, there's 38 Resistance at uh, separatist players, so there is quite a good one. Um, I'm surprised I mean, by three Sun facts. Um, yeah, because he's. Don't know. I played some fact the other week and like one shot at an A wing. He's oh, crazy good when he works. No, no, absolutely. But it's like we we just not seen you know the, any kind of Nantex really since the dark days. <laughs> uh, really Liam's good got quite a few lists. <laughs> I have. I think people undervalue it. They just think it's bad and yet don't like it because it's good. It's well, we've stupid. talked about knee jerk before, haven't we? Like Sunfat got nerfed, um, lost his loadout, wasn't able to take things, and by the time he came back, separatists had dropped out of the meta, and now a lot of people will not know what to do when they come up against a Sunfat. They won't know how to play against it um, because they haven't practiced against it for a, for a while. Um, it's like uh, Adam; he's been paired into a Sunfat. Uh, this round of Kyber, and he knows exactly what to do because he's played against me running Sunfac or Chertek so many times. Mm-hmm. He knows how to keep a Sunfac honest. Yeah. So he'll be doing that. Yep. I wonder how many people as well just got so badly burned by it they just can't stand to see the ship. Oh, so many people. <laughs> but even if you choose to fly separatists, you're like, on principle, I'm not taking one of those. Win games at the tilting stage when you put your ships down on the board opposite them and, <laughs> and your opponent goes, What? Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. But, you know, somebody has to fly Ghost Fen mm-hmm. or, you know, nobody will. What do you mean everybody is? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you stick a metalist down, you know, people kind of expect it. But it's that thing if you go to a big tournament and, you know, you hit. I'm going to say something from the dawn of time. You know, you hit triple jump masters four rounds in a row, and you're like, yay. But <laughs> fourth, no fourth you should know that that's the sort of thing you'll hit. Oh, yeah. Like, like we were all aware it was going to happen. Yeah, you needed to have a plan for it. It was the same with the Ghost Fen uh, meta. You know, it's the same with any of the, the kind of really common things. Like, we talked about... Um, people prepping for worlds at the minute they are 100 percent going to be devising a plan for how you deal with six ship first order combination of three dice three agility guns um they're going to be preparing for battle of yavin vader and tie spam and whatever else is going to be in that they're going to be preparing for republican clones uh, you know they're, they're going to be looking across the factions and saying what are the most powerful archetypes in there how am i going to prepare for it how am i going to tweak my list so that i can best beat those those lists um without screwing myself if i hit some something utterly random in swiss um you know like you know ben you've been playing that rebel alpha strike which is such uh, a just be honest it was more than it was in my bag i didn't really want to i just you had pack, nothing else i wanted to play <laughs> yeah but i got bored of it it was just happened to still be there and <laughs> didn't want to fly anything else so i mean it's it's one of those lists though that uh, like i was playing it against somebody last night who was 
you know, doing some um, prep for Worlds and they're like, fly this alpha and we re-racked three times and we played it and, he, and we were just like, it's a Swiss bully unless you come up against somebody who's really good at range control and playing against alphas, which you're at Worlds, so you, you probably will at some point. But at a normal event, if you run that Rebel Alpha Strike list into people, so it's it's like a five-ship list that's got... Um, I think eight, you'd make cut with it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I think I think you get... 80% of the way to cut. I think you probably yeah, yeah. have to win one game, but I think you you are victorious in three or four games without really having to try really hard or think because you push your ships one forward across the board and your opponent eventually opts into the joust. And then you do the thing where Eren double mods a torp <laughs> into them at I6 and then passes locks to Dutch and Wedge and then they proton torpedo him at six and four. And then that ship is gone, um, maybe before it gets to shoot. And suddenly they're four points plus or five points plus some objectives down. Um, so I nearly took your Falcon out with that list, didn't I? Yeah. It's you're, crazy you're how right. much damage it can do. Yeah. I mean, I, I killed um, a T-70 um in each of the three engagements that we we played out last night without really being concerned about whether it was going to happen or not it was a case of how many how many tokens do i need to spend to make this happen but it will happen um you know and it, and, and it did um and you know taking three torps off the table for the cost of one t70 what they're basically looking to do is trade up against it take one of your ships off the board at the same time and then try and leverage the fact that you've you've lost your munitions now because it's not a very maneuverable list but yeah the initial punch it deals out is just it's ruinous um and if you don't engage it right it'll absolutely batter you so it can be quite um, a dull list to fly though oh yeah but you know some people like that because winning yeah, is fun yeah. and you know if you win five games out of six at every tournament you go to then you know and you enjoy winning more than engaging thoughtful complex play then you know i mean you're, you're talking to the person that flew triple wookies for a long time so you know it's yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not I mean, i'm not i'm not the most interesting of list composers myself i, I flew nim miranda i've got no room to judge anyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and a, a, a version of ghost fan it was it was very different but it was still <laughs> too hard the same focus. the two same sort of thing so i, I like to say I never judge anyone's list choices. Yeah, I'm going to drop a bomb. You struggle. Yeah. You what, sorry, mate? So I do struggle running lists like that. It's boring. Because my attention, my attention span just doesn't stick with it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. the same thing over and over. You don't have to adjust much. Well, I played, like, oh. I think, four or five games with it. I pretty much did the same thing every time. Yeah, you set up in the corner, you bank through the objectives, yeah. you tag a couple of them on the way through, or you sit near a couple of them. Yeah. They they put a ship in front of you eventually. It dies. You delete it. <laughs> um, and then you see if they're either going to zoom in and try and block you, in which case you either, you know, one forward or, you know, disengage a bit, or you just say, well, I'm up, and they're going to put another ship at range two of all of my missiles, so I'll do the same again next turn. Um, and then I'll fly out the other side, reload with Dutch K-turn, and start the whole thing over again. Um, it's probably a good tournament list, but I don't think you'd win with it. I don't think you'll win a big event with it, because you'll eventually come up against somebody who flies an AC thing, and unless you meet them in Chance Encounter, they'll eventually end up picking 
your list apart because it doesn't have great greens. Yeah. Um, so because you know it's a but it's a rebel list, so it's got a selfless in there, of course, just to wind people up by not <laughs> <laughs> by going, ah, no, you can't kill that ship because I'm going to take one over here. But it's only got one selfless, so you're not spreading damage around the whole list like like in the good old days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there we go. Uh, so that's um, that's a little bit of information information uh, if you want um, about the uh, the Carver Team Championship lists. Um, games are being streamed all over the place at the minute, which is pretty cool. Um, mostly they're on um, Hexiled, uh, but they're also on a couple of the other uh, Euro streamers. So Funwalk is on a bit and uh d2 squadron have done a few and some of the american guys have done a few as well so um yeah if you want to watch some of the games there you can always pick them up with tts um oh here's a cool thing that's worth mentioning on tts while my brain remembers about it i was chatting to kester who's one of the um the people who does the graphic stuff for the tts module um and he told me that the developers of tabletop simulator the actual engine right that the mod is on uh saw the t the the x-wing mod for the first time last month and were frankly astonished because they couldn't believe the quality of the mod that we've got access to to play on they were like yeah this is just way beyond what we envisaged this engine ever being used to do um, <laughs> how have you done this and they were like just pointing out you know this is how we've done graphics da, 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 da. anyway um so yeah so That's if, cool. well yeah if we think we're lucky we're very lucky because even the the best other um modules that people are using are way way behind ours so like the uh was it the legion one um, is really good, but still fairly clunky and fairly manual because it doesn't have the amount of time going into it. Some of the other modules, people have just gone back to using Vassal and other simpler things because the TTS modules just don't quite pop. But ours is clearly brilliant. So, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well done, guys. And oh, thanks again. for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just once again to point out that if you want to um, thank the TTS guys for all of the work that they do in giving us a way that we can play online, they don't accept money, they don't accept payments, but if you make a charitable donation to either charity of your choice um, or to support the Ukraine appeals and tell them that you've done it, they are very welcome to do that uh, and very happy when we do that. So there we go. Um, right. Sith Taker open. I've already mentioned. Have I mentioned? Yeah, have you bought a ticket yet? Yeah. You have now, right? I, okay. I did ages ago. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I went on a um, bit of a mad, like, buying all the tickets I was supposed to buy. Fair enough. Um, so we, <laughs> All of the we, tickets, Ben? Uh, not that one yet. That was... Yeah, all right. It wasn't up for um, purchase when I did that. Just have to keep reminding him so he remembers yeah. to do it. Um, Daddy, so, Daddy Tim said we're going, so we are. <laughs> so we we went over. Um, we're we're up over eighty tickets sold now, which means that we're kind of looking at if we get dropouts and that sort of thing. We're looking at a minimum of probably seventy-five players on the day at the minute, but tickets are still selling. Um, I keep getting emails and uh, Discord messages from people from various parts of the country and the world saying, "Oh, we're coming! It'll be cool to meet you." So that's fantastic. Um, today's news. They not was... know you very well, do they? If you think it's going to be cool to meet you, 
I mean, no, clearly, clearly they're, expecting, they're expecting something better than a 45-year-old dad of two with a weight problem. But, you know, that's, that's what they get. Um, so, um, yeah, today we find out that um, Fan Langelan and uh, Niels Voss are coming over from the Netherlands to join um, our kind of compatriots from all over kind of America, Denmark, France, Spain, Italy. Yeah, it's going to be. Germany. Germany, yes, yeah, fun walks coming. Ireland, um, Wales, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Wales, yeah, Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton, yeah. Um, you can always You need to go through a metal detector on the M6 to get into Wolverhampton. Um, they don't I let you in. They've installed at everyone's doors now. Yeah, they don't. They don't <clears> let you into Wolverhampton unless you're carrying a piece. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Where, where, where are you from again, Rich? Uh, the hood. <laughs> I believe the terminology from the hood is a gat. <laughs> is it? No. I believe you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm from a middle class commuter town, me, so I'm very confused about these things. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, we've had to, as I said earlier, we've had to go back to COGA 2 twice now to up the participation prize uh, number that we're ordering. Um, but, you know, that's fine. And because we've been able to get above um, a certain number of tickets sold, uh, we have not had to stop refunds because we've started spending money. Um, we're buying um, Star Wars associated items um, for prizing to go through the whole event. So uh, today yeah. we've been able to commit to um, getting prizes oh, for... Condoms. <laughs> Uh, we're actually looking at Lego sets, to be honest with you, at the moment for um, top in each bracket. So, um, King of Swiss, top of the five ones, top of the four twos, or sorry, five five and those four and ones, three and twos, and so on, uh, down to the best of the O and fives. So, the person who finishes O and five but beats the other O and fives will win a prize. Um, and then, obviously, please there'll be a, tell some me, sort of wooden spoon prize. Please tell me you're able to get Mando's N one. What? Mando's N1 Starfighter as a Lego yeah, that, set? That's a bit expensive to to buy six of. No, you just <laughs> buy one. Or just one. Just one for yeah. whichever whichever prize you win, right? I've got one on I'm, I'm looking at one on my shelf now, Liam, but you can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> I didn't suggest um, it. You just suggested it, so... Uh, no, we're, we're looking at um, getting some brickheads. Um, for Ahsoka or the Tuscan Raider, the new Lego um, exclusive ones, um, or possibly some of the little micro fighters and things as well. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna buy some cool um, Star Warsy related stuff that's not necessarily X Wing uh, linked, uh, so that you can have a bit of fun with that. Um, we've also posted a couple of things up in different places about the bounties uh, system. Um, so at the minute, I'm just working through what bounties we're going to have. Um, they're a bit of fun. There's going to be a bit of a bounty table going on with a bunch of prizes um we'll do this call out um in separate emails and things as well but as a general call out to the community if you have a drawer full of third party or official prize support stuff that you never use and that you don't want and that you don't think you'll ever sell and you don't keep it for sentimental reasons you keep it out of laziness or because it's there and you've forgotten about it if you want to pass it out into other parts of the community, feel free to bring it along to the Sith Taker Open. We will put it on the bounty table, and then people who deliberately fly their ship into rocks two turns in a row um, because they want to win something off the bounty table well, might get a chance to, to have something. Accidentally. 
well then you, you qualify for the bounty as well <laughs> so like one of them is fly is cause a ship to flee the battlefield so there's two ways that you can do that you can either block your opponent's ship so they fly off the board or so they have to fly off the board for whatever reason or you can too hard turn on turn one and laugh um while shouting bounty right um it's up to you how you try and claim that bounty but um the bounties are that kind of stuff there's a bunch of random stuff there's a bunch of stuff you can play for there's the one that's virtually impossible to get unless something really strange happens which is finish a game without losing any hollow shields or on any of your ships um and then things like um you know play a game without spending any charges in your list um that kind of thing so some of them are if you deliberately hamstring yourself in order to claim a bounty so it would be cool if we could get some really good stuff on the bounty table um i'm bringing some stuff we've bought some stuff as well um but yeah if you've got any um and it can be anything official or third party if you've got any acrylics and alt arts and stuff that you you want to just um see passed out into the community um so that people are actually using them then uh, it'd be cool if you could um but no pressure uh we won't be precious if nobody does and we've just got what we sort out because we've sorted out enough stuff um to cover it already but you know it'd be cool if it was more um so that is that um and yeah if you have friends that have not got tickets and want to come please tell them to buy them as soon as possible because i'm starting to get a bit panicky about the fact that i'm gonna have to reach out to cog again um <laughs> and they don't live around the corner well well they don't live directly between me and the event anymore so i can't just drop out in at their house on the way on the morning and pick up extra stuff it does need to be posted now so um <laughs> we just need if, if you're gonna buy a ticket please don't leave it to the last minute appreciating there's a payday in two weeks and after that that's when i'll i'll be i'll be settled that i know roughly how many people are going to be coming um cool right um liam did you have a, a special for us today i do go on then so if i know regional metas kind of exist probably more so in the uk than they do internationally but say you're prepping for a tournament and you know you're going to be coming up against say Kanan two sprays or a lot of resistance play how do you go about building your list to approach that mass of archetypes do you build your own thing and just go for it or do you look go right then i know this is going to be quite prominent i'm now going to build a counter for that in an attempt to kind of beat the room you can start rich so if i'm going playing in a tournament like next weekend uh, element where i know yeah. like i know 80 percent of the players that are going to be there then yeah. i will always think about what i know I'll think about what I know the like the core lists are that I've seen around the club with the players that are going to be there, but also I'll think you know I know somebody's going to be bringing this archetype, and I need to think about whether I want to try hard to win the event itself um and then think I need to counter that um in some way, or whether I'm like, yeah, I've seen a list that's turned my head, and this is a local event, and I'm just going to go and have fun and fly this thing that i've decided looks like it'll be fun um so you know that event last year where i flew 
whatever it was, six V-wings in Ricolet, just because it fit and, you know, we drew it at random and that was great fun. Um, I really enjoyed that event because I was using a list that was completely new to me that I hadn't had any table time with. And it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of laugh. Um, if I'm trying to win, I do actively think about, like, I think about the players that I know are going and I think about the lists that they often bring. So I'll think about your lists, Tim's lists, Ben's lists. I'll think about, you know, the people who sometimes turn up. I know that I need to be able to deal with first order because um, the FARs will come over and you and normally flies first order stuff. Um, you know, you tend to be able to pick it up, but I don't think I target my list building too much. I think I just try and think about, I'd say, to be honest, I just think for local stuff, it's more about what am I going to have fun flying that day? Because I'm going to be there for five hours, uh, no, five rounds, like eight hours. So let's just make sure I enjoy myself. Done. <laughs> Liam's gone. Mic drop. Ben? Proper mic drop. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I'm here. I don't know what happened there. What What do you do, Ben? Apart what from just question? flowers in your case. I went for a wee wee. Tim? <laughs> so, the, the, the question the question ben is if you're going to a local event because local met does exist does that affect how you prepare what you're going to fly or do you just do whatever it, i guess it depends what sort of event it is for me like if it's just like a kit night sort of thing i'll just fly whatever i feel like on the night if it's something like i'd like to do well i tend to take something i think's good but I don't really adjust to who's going to be there because you just never really know, do you, who's going to turn up? Um, like, I suppose, I, I suppose the the question, like, if you go to a store where there's four people, and somebody has been absolutely battering everybody week in week out with a tie swarm, right? And you're like, oh, now you start to actively think, how can I beat that person's tie swarm? So you bring something that can beat the tie swarm and then you start being the oppressive person because you're battering the tie swarm week in, week out. So then everybody thinks, how can I beat Rich's list because he started doing this thing? And it circles really quickly because you're trying to figure out how to beat that person's list. I think we as a group tend to flick between lists quite quickly, other than I think Tim picks a list and sticks with it. But as a group, you know, if you go down to the club on a Tuesday night, people seem to have brought whatever their fevered imagination cooked up when they were flicking through Yasby that lunchtime. I think it um, depends if there's something to play for, though. Like, yeah. right now, there's nothing... Like, well, we've only just had a points change, we've been playing around, but usually if if we get... Like, when we're going... When we used to have the proper competitive season, I would tend to find something that I was, that I was doing well with, and I would just fly that religiously um, to just get reps in. Yeah. So I guess it depends. Once they get the, the the track, the competitive track back in, you might see more of people like doubling down on things. It's a bit of an awkward sort of time at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a difficult one. Uh, what about do you, What about you, Dylan? Um. So it's tricky. So I 
tend to find a list that I like and then fly it uh, either until I'm bored, which takes a long time, or until the points change and then I'm devastated. Um, <laughs> I'm also, by my own admission, not a top-end player. So I very rarely go into a tournament thinking that I've actually, you know, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the win. I will just, um, whatever it is that I've been flying, I will uh, just take that because it's what I know. Uh, I'm also great at forgetting triggers, so that's less likely with a list that I've been doing a lot with, uh, although it is still possible. Uh, but, yeah, I think it, it, it kind of depends, like you said, I can't remember who said it now, on, on your local meta. If you know, like we've got one of our guys at Newport, he, he only owns Republic, um, but he's he's really good with it. Um, and so, you know, you come up to a tournament, you think, oh, yeah, I know Alex is flying Republic, but what Republic is he going to be flying? Is there going to be a lot? Are there going to be arcs? Is it going to be all Jedi? Um, and, yeah, it, I think it, it'll vary from place to place what, what people do. But then I also think that in 2.5 now, you can, it's, it's less, the game is less matchup dependent than it was in 2.0 um, because you've got objective play and you can score off objectives. And if I'm coming up against a list or a player that I know is good and that I might struggle with, I might just pivot and go, right, I'm not going to joust this guy or, or do whatever my normal game plan is. I'm going to think, right, I've got no chance against that. I'm going to try and mitigate any incoming damage and just try and score objectives and then pray that the end of the game comes really quick. I don't know if there was a definitive answer in there. Uh, what I will do before, you know, you're a bit harsh on yourself, but you can't be that bad because you haven't earned yourself a nickname like the boy. So keep <laughs> on plugging away, <laughs> oh. And some, it was explained to me a certain way through one of my mates who plays a lot of TCGs. And he looks at it like an ABC format. So... List A will become the meta, and everyone runs this. And that gets counted by B. So then when they're looking at a tournament, they'll probably go to a tournament running the big counter to that. But in their back pocket, they'll have a counter to their own list. So when everyone swaps to that at the next tournament, they've already got the counter. Nice. So they always try and warp the meta to their favour so they can use the deck that they are most comfortable and strongest with and i think it's something i've looked at doing like i'll see a big meta list and i go do i just take the counter or which is what i did at the second sto where i took malarus i was like i'm strong it's a strong list i'm good with it i'll just use that and it did kind of carry me uh to my finishing spot but the year after i just took something i was comfortable with and enjoyed and that got me the exact same final position. Uh, so I think there's no wrong way to go about it. It's just interesting to see people's pers- perspectives and what I would approach say there is that that also does. I think there's a large amount of uh, player skill involved in that as well. Because um, yeah. I I know for myself I can't just I can, I can look at a meta list. So I've I've <clears throat> by my own admission I'm a I'm a dirty net lister. Uh, I've picked up a list that a couple of guys have been running 
locally and I've flown it two weeks now and it's done pretty well. Um, But I know that I couldn't just pick that up today and then turn up at the Sith Taker Open on the weekend and expect to to go 5-0 with it. That's just nowhere nowhere near the realms of possibility. I know that to to get any kind of you know net positive result um so 3 and 2 on a on a five round tournament I know that I'm going to need to get hold of that list and I'm going to need to fly it and fly it and make mistakes with it and be terrible with it and forget my triggers and not let people let me off forgetting my triggers um in order to get it properly into my brain uh, in order to be able to maybe win three games yeah because I know that I can't just pick up a list and go, hey, I'm great with this list and destroy all comers. No, I'm like myself. I won't take a list into a tournament unless I know I've got reps with it. Because I know I get caught up in my own head and get, and I'll get excited about hitting a certain point of the game, like the engagement. I'll miss my beginning of engagement triggers and, and stuff like that. So I make sure I've got reps so I understand my thought process going into a game during the game and my win conditions and stuff like that. Hmm. Have we all answered that now? I think we haven't, we? You haven't asked Tim, but Tim's answer will be, I just take the list that I'm using. I'm about to say, do you, oh. need, do you need to ask me? <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did ask Tim, but you... No, I think, I think, I think ben, ben came back in, didn't he? Um, yeah. I... So I use local events for practice for like my next big event, really. Um, and if I'm not, I, occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll experiment. But ge- generally speaking, I'll, I'll use them for practice. So um, I'm I'm probably not concerned about the local meta as such as a more uh, perhaps what what list I want to play. But I don't tend to take meta lists or take. Uh, I don't. I do lot like I have net listed before. But I, I don't tend to do it an awful lot, so you guys know what I fly. You know, I sort of find something I like and then just sort of tinker with it. That's what you, you work on sort of the same list, but little tweaks, don't you? Rather than massive changes. Yeah. Like so when you're playing the Jedi, you take a piece out, put a piece in, maybe change some upgrades here and there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly with the obviously the lat nerf you know, we, we we chatted about with the last points update. Uh, it's it's sort of been experimenting about what that five piece five point piece would be that would sort of sit back in, um, and now I've sort of tinkered a few more bits where obviously I've now sort of dropped Luminara out for kickback, which has allowed me to bring Hound back in. So playing that at the moment is that the list I take to Worlds? I don't know at the moment. So it'll probably be the list I take the Sift Taker open, uh, unless it does terribly in you know Kyber and you know you know games and events i'm playing over the next month but uh we'll see how it does at sift taker open probably it's how you know somebody's locked a list in for worlds is when they turn up with it all painted and modded and <laughs> all in all in color coordinated sleeves with color coordinated tokens and and the lego figures uh, don't yeah, forget the lego figures lego figures attached to the bases for them when, when you've been on bricklink to get out this the specific one that you need you know yeah that's that's how you know that's how you know the list's locked in it's like right okay well cool well thank that's you for that one liam 
It's a website where you can buy specific individual Lego pieces or sets or whatever from I all had of no world. idea that was a thing. Yeah, it's where you can get, uh, if you want to buy official minifigs as opposed to the um, 3D printed third party versions. But yeah, you want official minifigs, Bricklink's quite good, but it's got a rating system and stuff and it's a, it's a fairly solid, um, well-done uh, place to go and, uh, and, and buy um, Lego minis um, and any brick that you need, really, to be honest. Like if you're missing one specific shape of one brick from one set to you know put it back together out of your bits box you can go on there and buy it and somebody will sell you one because they've got drawers full of them so yeah anyway there you go how exciting today's podcast is brought to you by bricklink (laughs) yeah it's true funny because it's true um yeah was steve bolton posted in our our exile chat a couple of weeks ago he was looking for a uh major von reg lego figure he went onto etsy i think it was and searched it up and i've just posted a picture in the live chat of what came up oh God, is, is it something, something that i shouldn't be looking at is it not safe for work <laughs> it's lego <laughs> oh wow okay that's a very yeah. specific requirement for lego yeah, that's. Okay. Uh, I don't know who is that searching for that? Cost, don't they? <laughs> I mean, I can get Steve to forward you the link if you like. <laughs> so, uh, just, just for listeners, for this non-visual medium, it is a Lego stripper model. It's uh, it's dis- it's it's discreet and just about safe for work if you don't work in a Victorian bank or something like that. But yeah, or a it's, school. Uh, I mean. That's the kind of thing I think that teachers would just laugh at, to be honest. They're not going to be worried that teenagers are getting their kicks from looking at a Lego stripper in suspenders, are they? That's a very specific Discord to be a part of. <laughs> very, 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 very specific. Completely unrelated slash slightly linked. I read an article today about harmless lies people told people and a five-year-old asked their grandmother what a brothel was and she paused and told it was a type of soup. That is the nicest way, but also the harshest way to lie to a child, because that's going to cause some issues later on in in life. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a little bowl of soup. Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Harmless lies that people tell their kids. If you eat the black bit at the bottom of a banana, spiders will grow out of your stomach. There you go. Spiders' eggs, apparently. Uh, that's what I grew up thinking. Tried for years to get spiders in there, nothing. <laughs> Not one. I've heard other people's parents told them that it was literally poisonous, and if they took it out, it would poison them. Uh, sorry, if they didn't take it out, it would poison them. So you had to take that bit out, and then and then it would be fine to eat. It's like it's not poison; it's a bit bitter. It doesn't taste as nice as the rest of it, and it doesn't contain spider eggs. It's goodness me. Anyway, um, my mum right. used to tell me that the Black and red wine gums are poisonous because they were her favourites. Yeah. <laughs> my my kids think that um, midget gems only have uh, orange and purple ones in because they're the ones the wife doesn't eat as soon as the packets are open. She just <laughs> hoovers through the yellows, greens and reds and leaves the blacks and the oranges. <laughs> so the kids just think that's what's in the packets. <laughs> I'm beginning to think I've missed a trick here now. My kids are too old for me to pull any of this on. 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, th- I think they've started to realise. Um, that my 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 son's teacher said to him at one point, "Your dad's got a very dry sense of humour, hasn't he?" Because you know, I said something and picked up on it, and he just looked at him. I don't get him sometimes. He's just a bit weird. And I was like, "Yep, you are. You you are right, son. I am that." <laughs> <laughs> Felt seen by my own kid. You know, he he knows that if chocolate goes missing in the house, it's me. He just comes up to me and says, "Dad, where's my crunchy?" And I go, "Um." Which you have it, didn't you? I was like, how do you know? It's like, you've got form. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, go and just round the houses to do final things and shout outs before we do goodbye. So, um, Dylan, Welsh Open, 24th to 25th of June, Firestorm Games. Anything yes. else? Your uh, blog. My blog. Pitch your blog. Pitch, your blog. I pitch my blog. I write, a, I write a blog about being very average at X-Wing. Uh, X- What's a recent rebranding. Yeah, you heard Ooh. that right. Oh. Yeah, exilesquadron.com. So what did it used to be called for people that used to read it for a long time? Uh, My brain's uh, gone blank. Dylan-Jones.co.uk. It's just a URL that I had for ages. Okay, so it wasn't... So, uh, you didn't have, like, a cool and sexy brand. It was just, like... Dylan hyphen Jones could be a cool and sexy brand, I suppose. Well, I know there's at least one person on the planet who thinks I'm cool and sexy, or at least used to. <laughs> Is it you? <laughs> yes, it's the person in the mirror. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. weird because the person in my mirror hates me. It's not just the oh. person in your mirror. <laughs> oh. At least it's a oh. popular opinion. <laughs> Let, let's not take the time to unpack no. layers and layers of childhood trauma. No, no time for the therapy couch today. So you've got you've got your blog, which is at exile-squadron.com. Nope. No, exile-squadron.com. Exile full of make it up, Rich. Ashes or close enough. <laughs> just, just, just try it, and if no one corrects you, that's obviously the right answer. Exile-squadron.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a blog going live tomorrow. Although by this time this comes out, it will have been two days before, so it's in the past, but currently in the future. Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, we record this on Thursday afternoon while people are driving to work. What do you? <laughs> um, um, yeah. And you're going to shout out the Exile Squadron boys as well, aren't you? I'm absolutely going to shout out the Exile Squadron boys. Um, and my yes, they're cool guys, and I do love going and spending time pushing around plastic spaceships with them. Yeah, I'm it's one of them, Steve. It is. Yeah. I don't believe you have a good time with it. <laughs> well, ask him about last Wednesday's game. <laughs> Did you make him sad? <laughs> I I actually um it's what I've ri- written this week's blog about, and I don't <laughs> I don't want to publicly out him by uh, saying oh, was what he cheating? was. No, he he wasn't cheating. He wasn't cheating. <laughs> was he but, not um, made it to the end of the cards? He <laughs> <laughs> he was turn him over. No. Um, <laughs> No, the uh, my dice were a bit hot. Oh, okay. Uh, you, can't blame, you can't blame yourself for having hot dice. That's, that's just Jesus saying he likes you best. I know, but I I did I did feel a bit bad um, when I literally I had a terrible turn. I crashed all my ships into each other. I had one shot, and it was a dorsal turret at range two. I rolled hit crit out of hand and uh, killed something. Which pushed me over the twenty points, um, no. and he, he had he had one point. 
That just sounds like you've been going to the Eastern European Dice Wizard School of X-Wing. It's fine. Yeah. Don't sounds like karma to me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank, thank um, you very much for coming on as well, Dylan. It's been that's great. right. I also want to quickly shout out the um, the guys who played on uh, XTC Wales team. Um, the Welsh. Legends. Legends they are. Uh, Paul, Dan, Adam, Alex, Phil and Martin. Bless them. They did well. You did well. We were so close. So close. We were so close. It actually all those I mean, draws. All those draws did oh, in the end. Don't I can't believe that we actually managed to draw that many games. I, I but, genuinely think that that's the worst kind of variance is when your variance leads to you having draws that over yeah. the long term make you sad rather, yeah. rather than over the over the short term sadness. Um, but, yeah, it was crazy. I, I think there were at least two games in which if if uh, on on a roll of the dice one result had been different then we win two games which pushes us to um yeah an extra yeah, i think we'd have won an extra round or two instead of them being draws and we'd have we'd have we'd have gone through and then i would have been really sad because there was no way i could do a, two, a two-day weekend of it i didn't play the two-day weekend i captained them for the final and then went fly free my pretties i'm going to <laughs> disney world he's um, out mic drops so, yeah, yeah. Um, cool, thank you. Uh, Liam, have you any shout outs other than Boarding Brum? But do Boarding Brum anyway. Uh, Boarding Brum? Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to shout out uh, Steve Bolton's tournament on the 29th in Gloucester. Steve Bolton's School of Cheating? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually, I did tell him that I'd shout out that, so uh, thanks for covering me there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure we mentioned it last week as well. He's getting, yeah, we mentioned he's getting it last week. Trouble. And uh, Ben was supposed to mention it, but forgot. Wherever yeah. Gloucester is, down south somewhere. I did tell him to come on actually and mention it himself, but he said he couldn't be bothered. See, I'm now Google Maps and where, where Gloucester is to see how far south it is. Oh, wow, that's It's really well far. far. I had a look. Go. Oh my goodness me! Yeah, that's yeah. Liam was trying to convince me that I wanted to go, and it, funnily enough, we have, <laughs> we have to drive past Liam's to get there. And I was like, oh, I, I, I understand where this conversation's going. Uh, what would it be driving for? The transportation me? was already sorted. Four and about four and a half hours. Four hours. Yeah, it's it's on a Sunday as well, isn't it? Like I said to like, if if it was a Saturday, that maybe I could do it. But yeah, it's just. Getting back quite late on a Sunday for one day. You make me feel bad now because I'm not planning to go at the moment and it's only an hour from me. Oh. <laughs> but I'm not available. Oh, I'm lying. I said four hours. It's not. It's two hours and 31 minutes at the moment. Yeah. I, I, I did wonder where your four hours come from, but you might be um, walking. I don't know. Uh, no, it's good. Driving down to Bristol and taking a break with kids. We plan four no. hours. Um, because the breaks are longer than they need to be. <laughs> um, I want to play on that. I want chicken nuggets. Oh, sweet! Everybody back. Everybody back in the car, and then I need the toilet, and that's just when I'm taking Ben somewhere. Oh, <laughs> hey, cheap gags, cheap gags. All right, Ben. Um, your your turn for shout outs. Uh, just all the element guys who came down on Tuesday. It was a fun time. Yeah, fun. In time. fact. In fact, oh, he's got so excited and his microphone's dropped out again. Did he okay, think? I'll take this. I'll take this opportunity to go. Also, uh, shout out to Mike Upton. Keep going, bro. Yeah, man. Keep coming up on Tuesdays as well, so we can keep having a laugh. 
Give and Keith a special shout out. End of game, I think. Ben, you've, your mic basically went in fact, and then I heard Keith, and then a little bit of a robot oh, it's noise. Not. It's died. No, you're no. fine again. We can oh. hear you now. So, Keith, what? Keith, for bringing the like little board game down, just like a little sort of end of night board game, but it was fun. Yeah, when you haven't got time for a full game and somebody just whips yeah, on yeah. it. What was it? What was it called? Submar- Submariner or something? Yeah, yeah. You basically just have to screw everyone over. It's great. Yeah, you dive as deep as you can and collect treasure. But the deeper you go, the better the treasure. But if you go too deep, you can't get back up again and you die. Um, it's a very fun game. Um, I've played it once before. Cool. Um, yeah, and uh, it's nice that Keith's coming down because he um, nearly died from eye cancer, and then he didn't. So it's lovely. Oh, it was a brain tumor. Yeah, kind of the same thing in in head somewhere. I don't know. I'm He's not got a, a wicked cool scar for it. Has he? Yeah. I've not seen it. You can't see it because it's like like hidden in his hair. But if he shows it, it's. Oh, I'm going to have to have a look. There's a guy at my uh, my new work who had open heart surgery last week, and I keep saying to him, I want to see your scar. He's like, you're not seeing my scar. It's disgusting. I'm like, I want to see your scar. <laughs> Show me them I boobies. Want to... <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see how much they opened your chest cavity up. And he's like, it's totally... He's one of the guys you have to... <laughs> Richie's going to try and share a bed with him and touch feet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, have you any shout-outs? I'll just move along to the adults in the room. No, uh, well, yeah, I'll just uh, say if you're in the northwest around Great Manchester on Saturday and want to play some X-Wing, there are still some spaces available to the Womba warm-up. You can find that on uh, either the Sift Taker Facebook page or Element Games. No, it's not Element Games, is it? It's on on our Facebook page. You can find the links and it's been shared around. (laughs) Or find find it somewhere. If you turn up at Element Games on Saturday morning, we'll make it work. Yeah. Way to say it. So we, we, got, we got 16 confirmed, so um, yeah, it's looking like a good day's gaming so far. So, how many spaces have we got so the entire world doesn't turn up? Well, only, only about six, so ideally buy your tickets if you want to come. Yep. Liam, are, are you coming? Not sure yet. Well, I will let you know as soon as I can find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Tim, can you just put me down for six more <laughs> tickets so Liam can't come? <laughs> Sold. <laughs> All right, um, I don't have any particular other shout-outs that I can remember. Um, I think I've gone through them all as we've, we've been through. So, um, And we've we've run long again, but it's, it's been a really good session, and I've really enjoyed chatting again uh, this time around, guys, so thank you. Um, I'll give you guys a shout-out for being a good company of a, of a Monday evening. Um, and on that note, it's going to be goodbye from Dylan. Thank you for joining us. Will Vowd? I assume that was Welsh. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, it sounded nonsense. monolingual heathens Uh, (laughs) goodbye from Ben he's going to chat foreign language now no no he didn't guten bayern don't I just to speak other languages don't I just speak English but louder yeah and in a a funny accent yeah (laughs) and slower going home now (laughs) goodbye from Liam Two dolls. <laughs> uh, goodbye from Tim, who does speak other languages. I do, but I'm not going to. Goodbye. Yeah, let me just <laughs> let me just mention this. Tim says he spoke I'm, a bit I'm of gonna, German. I'm going to mute you now. And whenever he spoke <laughs> German, no one could answer him. In, in fairness, I might have been a bit drunk, so <laughs> I'll give you that one. I mean, all you need to know in German is "Kanex zwei Beers gehaben," and that's yeah, fine. But- 
I just went saying this, and he's going like, "Too gross a beer." And he just no, I did. And, like, and I was like, "Can I just have two beers?" And they were like, "Yeah, mate, go for it." <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna say goodbye now, and uh, we'll speak to you all next week. Toodle bye. grosser beer bitter <laughs> and, uh, and if, you're, like, if, you're, what? if you're feeling fancy you say vice beer because it gets me drunk faster no i don't uh, like, i don't <laughs> like vice beer <laughs> i i do but um if you're in certain regions you can ask for an alt which is an and means old but if you say if you say an alt they'll bring you a little half a very dark chestnut ale which is very very nice but then they they just put a mark on your little um beer coaster and then every time you finish drinking one, they put another one down and take your glass away until you put your beer coaster on top of your empty glass and then they'll take money off you. And it's really dangerous if you don't know what's going on, especially <laughs> if you're a bit drunk when you turn up because you think you've got an everlasting pint and it's weird. And then you realize that you've drunk about seven pints. But um, yeah, they don't they don't actually drink pints in Dusseldorf they only drink halves and they laugh at stupid English people for drinking full pints and I couldn't understand why and then they said because the beer goes flat you drink nice beer that tastes nice you drink more small glasses and it's like but then you have to go to the bar and they're like no in Dusseldorf the bar staff just carry beer around and put it on your table <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, I <laughs> fair enough seems like a good system <laughs>